Support for this show comes from Factor. Even with the best intentions, it can be hard to eat well. It takes time and effort to plan and cook nutritious, delicious meals. But Factor's ready-to-eat meals can take away some of the work by delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. With options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to help you glide through your day. You can head to factormeals.com slash switched50 and use code switched50 to get 50% off. That's code switched50 at factormeals.com slash switched50 to get 50% off. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is gonna be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Welcome to Switch Don Pop. I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. And I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. So Nate, two of our biggest episodes were about One Direction and Taylor Swift. They got a lot of listeners really excited, and this bizarre thing has happened. Zayn from One Direction and Taylor Swift have collaborated on a duet for the soundtrack for the film Fifty Shades of Grey. Wow, worlds colliding. So what I want to do in the top half of the episode is break down this song, see what's happening, see if it really is the big hit that it is made out to be, You know, doing really well on the Billboard charts right now. And then uh, second half of the episode, we've got the Grammys coming up, and I thought it would be really fun to dive into some of the unlikely things that we're really excited to hear that might not be getting a lot of coverage. So we'll do that in the second half. All right, well, we're not going to live forever, Charlie. Let's get going. Okay, so there's this new song called I Don't Want to Live Forever. It's off the Fifty Shades Darker soundtrack. It's a sexy slow burner, a follow-up to The weekend's Earned It. Right. I actually don't know anything about these books or movies, do you? Uh, oh, like the, the, the Fifty Shades franchise, you mean? Um, yeah, yeah. No. Me neither. Should we? Should we go uh, have a date night? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we should just go see La La Land again is what you're saying. Yes, exactly. Uh, in any case. Yeah. So this is the major soundtrack song of the moment. It's recorded by Zane, who is a former member of the band One Direction and reality TV star from X Factor. He had a very uh, successful first solo album called Mind of Mine last year. And of course, this is Taylor Swift's first real big song since her 2014 album 1989 that created a huge splash. Very exciting. Or is it? I don't know. We should listen to it. Okay, well, let's drop the needle and uh, and see what's happening in I Don't Want to Live Forever. Been sitting eyes wide open behind these four walls Helping you come It's just a cruel existence Like it's no point hoping at all But you say nothing What has happened in the mind I 
I have a theory about this song, but I want to know what you think. Yes, what I think about this song. Okay. I feel a little bit like I'm giving a book report in middle school, but here goes. <laughs> uh, I think this song is about wanting to commit yourself to someone else. The moment of realization in which you're like, there's no point in me being alive if I'm not with you. Yeah. That's how I would sum it up, basically. That's Which is an important milestone in a relationship, right? I'll give you a B-. minus. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think that this song might be taking place after a breakup, so that the, the relationship is actually on the outs. Oh, interesting. I know this because I think it's a reference to the relationship in the movie. I did read about Wikipedia, the plot, all this and that, and I think they broke up at the end of the last movie. So this is the I still yearn for you kind of song. So you're saying I could have gotten an A if I had done a little bit more background research. It's all right. Sometimes your your listening is is, uh, is very tertiary to begin with. Wow. But I would suggest that <laughs> this song is about separation, feeling lost, and suspense. Separation, feeling lost, suspense. Those are some those are some dramatic ingredients for a good pop song. How how do these play out exactly? Well, this is what I'm hearing in the song. I I, I think to begin with, it's a song most obviously about separation. The title is "I Don't Want to Live Forever," which is a kind of like teenage hyperbolic way of saying, if I can't be with you, it's not worth living. Right. It doesn't feel hyperbolic at all to me. I still, that feels very <laughs> relevant to any, any stage of life, but I know what you mean. So we know the song is about separation because although it is a duet, the singers are separate. They're singing basically the same narrative of I want to be with you. And they say, I just want to keep calling your name until you come back home. They're they're both sort of singing out into the night, uh, far across the city. Uh-huh. They can't reach each other. They're feeling the same way. And we know this because not only do they sing the same sentiment in their verses, but during the verse, they sing alone. Yeah. The first verse, you get Zane singing. And then... The second verse. It's true. You have to you have to wait a long time to get Taylor Swift in this song. You do. And when she sings, she's sort of echoing the sentiment of what Zane said in his first verse. Yeah. When they do finally start to sing together, though, they never really sing on top of each other. No. They are still distant. You can hear it in the bridge of the song. Wow, they never really sing together. That's right. It's always trading off, like what what we would call antiphony. What does that mean? That means anti-phony, sound against, against sound. It goes back to uh, the old Catholic choirs in the Middle Ages. They would sing an antiphony, one choir, then another choir, singing back and forth to each other. Kind of something similar here for a very different end. Yeah, but it's wild. There's Zane and Taylor Swift here. They no, they don't even overlap for a second. As soon as he stops singing, she picks up. But they never overlap. That's right. 
although there are moments where they are doubling each other, uh, usually one of them is so in the background that you can't even tell. I think this is the best moment where it's so clear that they're separate. And not only are they separated uh, by they are not singing at the same time, but the lyrics that Zane is singing are actually a echo of what he was singing earlier. They're the same lines from the pre-chorus. And so it's kind of like they are separated by time. He's rehashing this old material as she's singing new material. And it, I, I think it strengthens this, this sort of metaphor of them being separate in other parts of the world, singing the same thing at the same time, displaced both by geography and, in this case, time. Wow. So they're, they're spatially separated, temporally separated. That's, uh, that's kind of a dark reading of the song. Very, very different from my initial reaction, but I'm, <laughs> I, see, I see where you're coming from here. It's a strange duet. I mean, it, it, most duets you think are, are love songs, people singing together in harmony, uh, making something greater than. But here, uh, there is separation. And it has this, like, anthemic quality to it, mm. where everything is reverby and, and echoey. We get this, st- this sort of sound from the song's producer, Jack Antonoff. I think you might know who he is. Oh, Jack Antonoff. Yeah, formerly of the band Fun, of the band Bleachers. Yeah, he did a song called Out of the Woods with Taylor Swift, which has more or less the exact same sonic landscape right. and is uh, a wash in these ooh-ooh-ooh sounds, just like uh, I Don't Want to Live Forever. So it is. You know, if I can be cynical for a moment, yeah. would it be fair to, to hazard that Zane and Taylor Swift may not have even been in the same room recording this song? Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> uh, I do believe that they were actually recorded it in separate spaces. Interesting. This came from a tweet by Jack Antonoff talking about the, the song, and it said, he recorded Taylor at my house. Zane sent parts in from L.A. Uh, like many modern pop songs, you can be anywhere. You can be on a tour bus. You can be in different cities and different studios, and you can just send files back and forth over Dropbox. Wow, you really have done your research citing tweets from the song's <laughs> producer all right we'll play it harding okay so we have established that the song is about separation lyrically musically where they come in how they record it this is a, a relationship that is separated yeah. thing of the second it's a song about feeling lost mm. i think that this feeling of lostness can be heard in the opening verse in pre-chorus where we start with a sense of clarity both musically and lyrically and then go to a place of more uncertainty. So check this out. please. The song opens up. Zane says, I've been sitting eyes wide open. And as he's singing this, he's singing basically a really simple single note melody in his lower registry of his voice. For me, this means that he is steady, certain, his eyes are open. Mm. And as the melody moves along, we go into the pre-chorus. And he says, baby, I feel crazy. And his voice shoots up into his head voice, this place of feeling emotional and lost. This lostness is 
Kubos wonderfully captured at the end of the pre-chorus. He says, what is, what is happening to me? Taylor Swift later says the exact same thing. And both of them, at this moment, harmonize over each other. All of this reverb comes in. And it's it's like, what is happening to me? They're freaking so out. So we get these two pulls uh, in the song, the the kind of steady feet on the ground, eyes wide open, and the and the the high register, super reverby up in the clouds. Yeah, lost. like uh, I don't know, I'm crazy. <laughs> okay, yeah. He's literally reflecting what's happening to me. I'm feeling crazy. How can I be feeling this way about somebody who I've broken up with? Why do I still feel so strongly about them? What is happening to me? I'm going to lose it. And then it launches into the chorus. Ooh, that's good. I see that idea kind of reflected in, in one of the most interesting parts of this song to me, which is the drums at the, at the start of the song. At that mm. same moment when, when Zane is singing at the outset, we have such an interesting drum pattern. At once very regular... And, and predictable and at the same time kind of sloppy and offbeat and it's kind of like a kind of feel. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's yeah, like kind of yeah. accurate and messy at the same time, perhaps representing uh. the two poles of these characters' interiority. Like that feeling of when you're so emotional that everything's falling apart and you can't hold it all together. That's, that's what's going on yeah. here. I, I, I hear you. And in order to ground themselves again, at the end of every chorus, they say, come back home. Right. And when they do that, all of that bigness falls back down into the small, centered uh, verse. Cool, cool, yeah. Almost like a like a mantra you say to yourself to keep yourself steady. Yeah, yeah. right. Cool. Ten deep breaths, come back home. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we have a song about separation, feeling lost, and the third thing that I said is that I think this song is about suspense. You're creating a lot of suspense by not telling me how the song <laughs> is about suspense, so... <laughs> well, well, the central tension, of course, it's a silly song about will they get right. together. That's what we're trying to find out, right? They're singing distant from each other. Are their voices going to join? Will the relationship continue or will we exist in the unknown? Yeah, that is suspenseful. I'm dying to know. This suspense isn't just narrative. It is musical. And this is why I love the song. It takes its message and it infuses it into the music and they support each other. We have a melody that also embraces the idea of suspense. I think I know what you're going with this. What do you think's going on? I think on? The, this melody is an example of musical suspension, which in turn becomes dramatic suspension. Da-da-da! Exactly. So I was saying earlier that the grounded moment in the beginning of the verse, where it's in the lower register, it's a single note melody, more or less. And sitting eyes wide open behind these four walls, you come? It's actually maybe not as grounded as we think it is, because the note that they're singing does not belong to the chords ah, underneath. Ah, okay. So in his first chord, F, he's playing a D over an F. That is actually 
a suspension. Right. right. Okay. So what we have here is a proper chord in the harmony, an F major chord, and right. an improper note in the melody, a note that does not belong. But then when we look closely at that note, we see that it doesn't belong in a very specific way. It doesn't belong in the way that it's literally been suspended by the composer above the right note, just waiting to drop down into its proper place. Well, yeah, so you would expect that it's going to resolve down. Yeah. And instead of resolving down uh, to C, which would have been uh, in the the F chord. Instead, what happens is the chord moves to C. But the melody stays on D, creating another suspension. Whoa. And so we, we have these literal suspenseful moments in the melody, which then eventually uh, walk down and hit that A. that place where we finally get the, the context of, oh, we're, we're in this minor place. Yeah. So there is ambiguity. Whoa, that's cool. You know what that's called, Charlie? What do you call that? A chain of suspensions. <laughs> really? Yeah. <Isn't> that... <laughs> well, given the topic of Fifty Shades of Grey, maybe a chain of suspension is uh, oh. an appropriate musical metaphor. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it a lot. Well, well, I well. like it a lot. Okay, so we have a song about separation where two people are feeling lost in great suspension. And so what happens? They come together finally when the melody reaches its unsuspended proper place. Unfortunately, no. When we listen to the end of the song, the end of the song is actually a repeat of the opening of the song. Both singers singing separately. Again, the same message, but separately. Man, that's a bummer. I don't like this song. Isn't I don't like it anymore. <laughs> I, I thought it. I, I don't. I know. I thought that was a happy song, but it's not. You want every Taylor Swift song to be love story? Pretty much, yeah. A reimagining of the Romeo and Juliet story where everything works out in the end? Yeah, that's that's what I expect from, from her at this point. <laughs> well, that's Zane and Taylor Swift's I Don't Want to Live Forever. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but maybe I can excite you with the second half of the show. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about some of the hottest things that we're going to hear at the Grammys this weekend. No, no, I'm not. I'm not disappointed at all. You brought great depth to a very silly song. So you you have my <laughs> my full respect, Charles. Thank you. All right. I'll catch you on the second half. See you there. Support for this show comes from Factor. Tired of grocery shopping, of meal prep, the dread of what's in your freezer when you're too tired to cook? Then you might just want to check out Factor. Their ready-to-eat meal delivery is fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved all ready to go in just two minutes. Factor has 35 chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals to choose from every week, including options like keto, Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, Vegan, and more. Craving pancakes for breakfast? Want a smoothie for a midday snack? No matter what time of day or type of meal, Factors got you covered. 
Factor let me try out some of their meals, and I was a huge fan of the garlic and herb roasted mushrooms with olive oil, mashed potatoes, roasted green beans, and tomatoes. It was super easy to prepare, and it tasted delicious. In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more. Head to factormeals.com slash switched50 and use code SWITCHED50 to get 50% off. That's code SWITCHED50 at factormeals.com slash SWITCHED50 to get 50% off. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Welcome back to Switched on Pop. Coming up in just a few days, we have the Grammys. They will be celebrating all of the biggest songs of last year. And I think that, Nate, we did a very comprehensive job at covering some of the biggest things from 2016 already. Yes, yes. I'd like I'd like to think so. We've talked about Adele, Beyonce, Boom. Justin Bang. Bieber, Drake. Pow. Talked about Chainsmokers, 21 Pilots, all many of the people that are expected Snap, to... crackle, pop. <laughs> Many of these folks are expected to win a lot of the biggest awards, but I thought it would be fun to go into some of the artists that may not be getting quite as much attention, but are Grammy nominees that we are really excited about. So I've asked you to prepare a few uh, nominees that you would like to see win, and I also have a few, and it will give us a chance to talk about some music that might otherwise not make it on the show, which everybody should be listening to right now. Yes, let's do it. So I was hoping you could kick it off. You've got a couple things that you've chosen. Yes, I am agog over this year's nominee for Best R&B Performance. This is Solange Knowles' Cranes in the Sky from her album A Seat at the Table. Charlie, you're familiar with this one, I think. This has been on repeat a lot in my life. And this album, A Seat at the Table, has been much talked about in part because it's... uh, the same year that her sister Beyonce came out with her own seminal record. Yeah. But let's just focus on this song. I think I think it's a, I think it's right to be nominated for best R&B performance. She really digs a lot out of of this piece and and kind of from the beginning it feels sort of in time and out of time at once. Hmm. There's a lot of repetition in the music and a lot of repetition in the lyrics and you at least I begin to kind of lose a sense of of beginning ending and middle these gorgeous uh tones just just come in various instruments of like all different provenances from pianos to gongs and you don't really have a, a clear sense of like verse, chorus, bridge. Yeah, it kind of just moves in this more organic way from the beginning to end, and that's really hard to pull off as a performer to keep a listener engaged through that. And she does it masterfully. Ooh, man, cranes in the sky. That's yeah. That's that's that's. I'm very excited. I tried to drink it away. Tried to put one in the air 
So I think you're totally spot on in how you see this song as not fitting in with sort of normal song structures. I love all of the different sounds in it, these bizarre strings. I really love it. And there's an extraordinary story about the making of this song on one of the more recent episodes of Song Exploder, another really great podcast where yes. uh, Rishikesh Hirwe, uh interviews Solange and she tells a story of basically, I think it's something along the lines of this track uh, they lost the master stems to and they just had to keep repeating it and she had to create a unique sustained performance with her vocal um, even though there was just a short sample that she was working from. You're kidding. Anyways, really worth listening to. Yeah, it's 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 awesome. That's bonkers. All right, I have to go listen to that. Yeah. I love Song Exploder. All right, what you got, Charlie? What what do you got? What do you got? What what's exciting you this this Grammys? I am incredibly excited about four best new artist, best rap album, and seven total nominations, Chance the Rapper mm. and his mixtape coloring book. Yes. This is the album that I've listened to the most in the last year. Yeah. It's hard for me to even talk about because it contains so many multitudes. But one of the things that I love about it so much is the production. That the way that they make the music is like nothing I've ever heard before in my life. A lot of the production is done by this group called The Social Experiment. and also includes collaborations with the Chicago Children's Choir. And basically, you have these extraordinary gospel songs. You can hear... An example, like on their song, How Great. Mm. How great, how great our God was. Sing with me, how great, how great is our God And then they'll take this gospel sound and twist it and resample it and rework it, where the chorus, the thing that they've recorded, which was probably already a complete song, then is like remixed into a whole nother song. And so this whole thing is just a wash in choruses, horns, voices, strings. My absolute favorite moment hmm. is uh, from Music Is All We've Got, the opening track off of the album. I get my word from the sermon. I do not talk to the serpent. That's a holistic discernment. Wow. Medicine, I'm so yeah. determined. Told me these goofies can't hurt me. I just might make me some earthy. I was baptized like we're early. I might get sight in the swirly. Which I can tell you is ready. Kind of the, the sacred and the profane oh, and yeah. equal <laughs> measure is, on this album. It is gorgeous, man. It, it's one of the things that I am dancing to yeah. while I'm driving. And that's not very safe to do while you're driving on the highways in LA. I can't argue with you, Chuck. I agree. It's a it's a it's a beautifully beguiling record. All right, hit me up. What else you got? All right. Charlie, let's head to best alternative album, whatever that means. Uh, <laughs> regardless, for me, it doesn't fit into undisputed. established genre categories. <laughs> Winner is David Bowie, Black Star. In addition yeah. to being just a gorgeous kind of uh, rather unsettling, I would say, at the same time, record that in some ways felt tailor-made for weirdo jazz lovers like me because it uses all these downtown <laughs> New York jazz artists that no one's ever heard of, but I've seen playing <laughs> at clubs like New Blue and the Stone for the last 15 years. 
uh, and right. and creates these very jittery, improvised sonic textures. Uh, at the same time, though, it becomes this incredible kind of last will and testament of one of the great artists of the the last half century, including one of the 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 most kind of extraordinary life and art coalesce moments uh, in which. On the track Lazarus, right. David Bowie literally sings about kind of looking down from heaven and re- releasing this album mere days before his death. So I, I think this is just too extraordinary not to be awarded with something. And sure, why not best alternative album? Look up here, I'm in heaven. I've got scars that can't be seen I've got drama can't be stolen Everybody knows me now So I, I love those sounds, and there's actually another nominee in this category for Best Alternative Music Album, but I'm actually hoping we'll win for another category, is Best Rock Song for Radiohead's Burn the Witch. Have you heard this one? I have heard this one, yeah. Okay, so if the Zane and Taylor Swift song was about suspense, this song is about panic. Huh. And in just how Zane and Taylor Swift summon the sense of suspense in their song you can hear the panic in this song. So the song is Burn the Witch. It's a metaphor. It's a story. It has political allusions. It's a very simple lyric, but the main chorus basically says, burn the witch, burn the witch. And underneath it is this insane orchestra of strings that feel like they're losing control and having a panic attack. They're squeaking, they're popping, they're squealing, uh, and they're just like, humming along and when I whenever I hear this song it basically induces a panic <laughs> attack and I think it's really successful that it's able to do that I've never heard anything like it this is Yeah, I, I, you you nailed that one, man. You have to be very careful when you listen to Burn the Witch. They literally say it's a low-flying yeah. panic attack. <laughs> okay, you've accused me of being greedy. Well, I'm going to continue to be greedy because there's one more piece of music that I was so engrossed in this year and I was really surprised to see on uh, the Grammy nominees. All right. For Best Dance and Electronic Album is Tycho's Epic. Have you heard this one? Uh, I No, this one is actually new to me. So I did hear it debuted at a all-night sunrise dance party set. And when I first heard it, I was just totally in awe. So it's, again, kind of like a, just a mix of so many things that I am familiar with but have never heard put together in the same context. So you're going to hear old analog synthesizers, the drive of punk rock, and at the same time, it feels like you're listening to gentle lounge music that you want to take a nap to. <laughs> that is a heady brew. All right, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go check out that whole that whole album now. 
The song is Glider. Uh, it's the opening track on the album, and it feels like you're in two tempos at once. You have slow melodies, you have fast drum and bass, uh, and it just pulls me in all sorts of great directions. That's what I want to see out of the Grammys. Well said, man. All right, I've got some. I've got some listening to do myself now. So let's go reconvene in two weeks. All right. On that note, Switched On Pop is produced by me, Charlie Harding, and edited by me, Nate Sloan, and the great Bill Lance. Our design is done by Luke Harris. Switched On Pop is part of the Panoply Network. You can find more episodes at our website, SwitchedOnPop.com. You can also speak to us. We'd love talking to you about your ideas for the show on Twitter at Switched on Pop or on Facebook, facebook.com slash Switched on Pop. In two weeks, we're going to come back with a special episode about another award show. The Oscars are coming up, and we're going to be talking about some of our favorite film music from last year. And we would love to hear about some of yours. Do send us some tweets at Switched on Pop about what you're listening to. Yeah, what he said. All right, <laughs> until then. Until then. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. Support for this show came from Factor. You don't need me to tell you that finding nourishing food that actually tastes good can be easier said than done. Factor might be able to help. With Factor, you can get fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, and dietitian approved meals sent right to your home, ready to go in just two minutes. Factor provides no prep, no mess meals. That means no cooking or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash switched50 and use code switched50 to get 50% off. That's code switched50 at factormeals.com slash switched50 to get 50% off.